This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast that focuses on issues surrounding your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Today, we're going to talk about long-term care for your loved ones. Jean Teal, GNP, is a nurse practitioner in the field of geriatrics who sees patients at Stratford Pines Nursing Home for rehabilitation and long-term care concerns. Jean has 40 years experience as an advocate for the aging population and has expertise in treating each patient and family member with compassion. Sue Janke, LMSW, is the lead social worker in the case management department at My Michigan Medical Center Midland. Susan is a licensed master of social work with a specialist in aging from the Institute of Gerontology at Wayne State University. HealthDose asks Sue, when might be the right time to start considering long-term care options for yourself or perhaps a loved one? I think it's really important that people consider their options before they're in a crisis. So if you or your loved one has dementia or some medical condition that's going to progressively worsen either your cognitive ability and or your physical abilities, it really helps if people start looking at their options, visiting facilities, considering their financial situation and the resources that might help with that before they're in a crisis. They have a lot more control over where they end up going and feel a lot less stressed when they search for options prior to needing them. I'm sure that's probably a difficult conversation to have, even with somebody who's made the decision to look into long-term care. I think most people would like to be as independent as they can for as long as possible. But unfortunately, many people need assistance. And so they need to consider where they're going to get that kind of help and how they can afford those kinds of services. How different is that conversation when you're having it with a patient, perhaps a patient's spouse, or perhaps a patient's children? I think it really depends on the individuals that are involved. Sometimes our patients are more realistic than their families, and other times relatives will say, you know, my dad's really not managing well at home. We're really concerned, but he doesn't want to leave his house. And what can we do about that? So it it really varies greatly and people's understanding. I think also how long they've known they are having a medical problem or a dementia situation. I think perhaps over time people become more accepting of what's happening. Not always, however. Sometimes they just wait till they can't do it. So the denial can be both on the patient and their loved one or their loved ones. Absolutely. Got to learn to read the room, I suppose. Takes years. (laughs) (laughs) What types of long-term care are out there and how do those services differ? There are actually four different types of long-term care. One is assisted living, another is nursing home long-term care, and then skilled nursing facilities and rehabilitation centers that are usually associated with hospitals. They all provide similar services of physical, emotional, social care, but the levels differ based on the needs of the physical and mental abilities of each person. So can you maybe tell me how those, those four are different? Yeah, so in assisted living, they're provided an apartment with showers, housekeeping, laundry service, beauty and barber salon, and prepared meals either two or three times a day. The nurse passing the medications may or may not be a registered nurse. It could just be someone trained to pass the medicines. And then some offer physical therapy because what's happening is people are needing more care once they move into that facility. So they're trying to keep the patient there as long as they can. But more often, the family members who have someone in assisted living will take their client out to a doctor's appointment. So they can keep their own physician in that situation. 
They're generally people who can take care of themselves, walk, bathe themselves, but they just may need a little reminder in order to be in an assisted living. Where the nursing home, the long-term care facility and skilled facilities, they provide safe care in a loving environment, but they have more indoor activities because it's difficult to move the patients in their wheelchairs and walkers. If they do go out of the facility, their family members usually are there to help. Also, in addition to the physical care in the nursing homes and the skilled facilities, we have senior wellness coming in for any depression or anxiety. And the difference with the nursing homes compared to the assisted living is that the medical and nursing care is 24-7 with an in-house physician. They can go and see their own physician, but it may not be covered by their insurance. We do have a van to send people to their appointments as needed within the city, but not outside of the city. And then oftentimes in nursing homes and skilled nursing facilities, we involve the families because many of these people may have memory loss and they're not able to advocate for themselves. The difference between the long-term care and the assisted living is they're more regulated by the state of Michigan. So they come in and evaluate how we're doing with patients. I will say, though, that some assisted livings are licensed under the Adult Foster Care and Home for the Aged guidelines, but that is much different than the nursing homes that are providing skilled level of care and long-term care. They have different, more strict regulations. So then we move from nursing home, long-term care to skilled nurse. What's the differences there? So many similarities with the physical and emotional care, but the difference with the skilled nursing facility is that it has physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy for about two hours a day, and then also the 24-hour medical care in case they get a pneumonia or have to go back to the hospital for any reason. We have someone there to evaluate them. So really, the skilled nursing facility component in a nursing home is frequently short-term rehabilitation. Right versus the long-term care is somebody who does not either recover enough to return home and is no longer making progress with therapy, so they may live in the nursing home indefinitely, or they have a cognitive issue, dementia or whatever, that is continuing to worsen so that they're not able to live in a lower level of care setting or can't afford to do so. Because some of the assisted livings really will keep people throughout the extent of their life, but like many things, it's costly to have that level of care. Then what are the key services of inpatient rehab? How does that differ? So inpatient rehab has everything that a skilled nursing facility has, but their therapy is generally about three hours in length. And then there are certain diagnoses that a patient needs to have in order to be admitted to an inpatient rehabilitation. It may be somebody who's had a stroke that has a long-term recovery or somebody who's recovering from an extensive surgery? Yeah, I think the acute inpatient rehab unit is a short-term option, but it is much more intense therapy than you would get in the nursing home in the skilled area there. So inpatient rehab, you have to have a plan to return to your own home. You have to have caregiver support to do that. And as Jean mentioned, there are certain diagnoses that are required. And oftentimes, well, for pretty much for acute rehabilitation unit and for skilled nursing services, you have to have insurance authorization for those settings. I imagine the vast majority of your clients would prefer to remain in their own home. What are their options for remaining in their own home? In order to remain in their own home, they would use home care. And this would include a registered nurse going into the house 
doing an evaluation and having a home health care aide coming in to do bathing and helping them with their dressing. They would also have access to a social worker in case they needed to set up other facilities like help with cleaning or maybe help with meals. And then physical therapy, occupational therapy would come in, but all of these services only come in for about two to three days a week, where in the other facilities, they have access to this every day almost. I think for skilled home care services, people need to be aware that it is not long-term and it is also very intermittent. And so you require either having a family member caregiver or a private duty hired person to assist. What kind of options are available if a patient decides that they want private duty nursing at home? So the business would provide many tasks to allow the patients to stay at home longer if they're struggling. And some of those tasks are running errands for prescriptions or grocery shopping. Some of it is just providing physical safety in the home where maybe they have someone there for four or five hours and they're helping them get dressed and showered. Some of them are just helping them at night because they may get up at night and the family member is concerned about them falling. They can also provide meal prepping and light housekeeping. I think the other option we have here is Meals on Wheels that helps people get their food nutrients and maybe able to stay at home a little longer because they don't have to grocery shop and that kind of a thing. And the private duty does provide 24-hour care around the clock. The other thing with uh, skilled home care services The social worker can help if people are at home and are not managing at home. They're actually able to assist people with looking at these other options, whether it's assisted living or either a skilled nursing home or a long-term care nursing home setting. When I'm considering these options for long-term care, do I need to go to the hospital to be evaluated for placement? Absolutely not. The only time people should come to the hospital is if they have an emergency medical need. I think People frequently think they need to come to the emergency room to get placement, but in fact, that's not the case at all. If you come to the emergency room, you're likely to have a long wait, be exposed to people that maybe have infections or other more acute problems going on. And the other myth, I think, associated with that is if you come to the hospital, then your insurance is going to cover your care. And again, if you have an emergency, an acute medical problem, and you do require to be hospitalized as an inpatient, then we are frequently able to help people get to the next level of care. But if you come in and you end up in outpatient observation services, your insurance is very unlikely to cover. And so now you've taken a bet that perhaps would be more appropriately used for someone else. And the other, I think, real issue with coming to the hospital is you don't have as much control over where you end up going because if your plan is to go to a nursing home, we're going to find the first one that has an available opening, which may not be your first choice. Right now, there's certainly a lot of issues with nursing homes having staffing problems. And so sometimes the local facilities just aren't even open or available at this point. So again, exploring your options in advance and maybe visiting those facilities at your own time frame is probably going to give you a lot more control about where you go in the long term. Since a hospital visit isn't usually required for placement, where do I start when I'm looking for long-term care, either for myself, my spouse, or a loved one? Well, there's lots of different resources, but I would suggest that people start with their primary care physician's office. That office, your doctor, can order 
skilled home care services, perhaps including the social worker, to go in and evaluate the situation and, and help look at where the next appropriate level of care might be. The family doctor's offices frequently have care management staff that are trained to do this and assist. And there's lots of other agencies actually in our communities that can help. Senior services slash the Council on Aging is a great resource. People can just go visit facilities. They can call, make an appointment, go tour the different places that are in your area or it might be uh, something you're interested in knowing more about. The other options are lots of online services. There's certainly a a Medicare website that helps you look at the skilled nursing and long-term care nursing home options. There's a Michigan website, michigan.gov, that helps you look at assisted living and licensed adult foster care homes. There's a program in the Great Lakes Bay region called Assisted Living Locators, which is a free service to patients to help them look at assisted living opportunities. So there's lots of different places that I think that people can get support in looking at what's available and then proceeding with them, checking out the financial component as well. Certainly Medicaid, which is through the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, assists with covering long-term care options, and so people need to apply for that if they think they're eligible or at least inquire about the eligibility based on their financial situation. Certainly, some families find it's really helpful to talk to an attorney who's familiar with senior law, Medicare, Medicaid eligibility, and and help people negotiate that system. Which is fantastic if people are taking your advice and doing this in advance prior to need. But if somebody presents to you that needs this kind of care and it's in a crisis situation, how fast can that patient expect everything to align so that they can start getting some care and getting some kind of uh, long-term plan? I think it really varies greatly depending on what the patient's condition is, where they live, what their financial situation is. Again, helps if you plan well in advance when you're not in a crisis because if the person is here in the hospital trying to apply for assistance and go visit facilities and be here maybe when the doctor's making rounds, I mean, that becomes very, very challenging. And it's not optimal, not for the patient, not for their family. So we really, again, encourage people to look at their options before it's an emergency. Even thinking about if I'm a caregiver for my loved one, if I get in a car accident or I have my own medical crisis, where are we going to have the person I'm taking care of? stay or who can stay with them. So thinking about respite care, many of the assisted living facilities do offer respite care and just kind of knowing what steps you might need to take should a crisis happen rather than mm-hmm. being in a real bind. Our long-term care facility offers respite care too, but I think the restrictions with COVID have really caused that whole process to slow down, you know, when someone's in an emergency, which makes it even more important to think about it ahead of time. Yeah, I think most of the facilities now are requiring people to be vaccinated and boosted and have a negative COVID test. So, again, it doesn't happen that quickly. Some nursing homes will accept people that are unvaccinated, but because of the requirement for quarantine and being in a private room, the opportunity to find that facility is very, very limited right now. They'd rather have two people in the room who are both vaccinated, boosted, and negative rather than somebody who's not vaccinated who's going to have to quarantine and not have visitors and not have a roommate. So 
that is a a new challenge that we're facing trying to help people get into long-term care facilities. And it is also difficult because most of the nursing homes are having staffing issues, which is a common issue in all healthcare right now. Mm -hmm. So they have fewer beds available because they're not able to accept people if they don't have someone to take care of them. That is nurse practitioner Jean Teal and Sue Janke, who is the lead social worker in the case management department at My Michigan Medical Center Midland. As always, if you have health concerns, the best place to start is your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, go to mymichigan.org slash doctors. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Thank you so much for listening. Check back again soon for another episode of Health Dose.